Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us on this special bonus episode. So first of all, I wanted to talk about chickens (laughs) or birds, just like any bird. Um, Basically, in Deuteronomy, what was it, 22, 6 to 7, they were talking about birds and how you can't take both the hen and the eggs and I looked on Quora.com because they actually seem to have the most like succinct answers to this question. And that's one- surprising because that's I a very know. rare thing for Quora. I know, <laughs> but they did it. it so I, I, a couple different answers here. The first one was, this means that God wants us to pre- preserve a species and not wipe it out. Obviously, the mother bird could still continue <laughs> to reproduce if she were allowed to live. So, yeah, basically just talking about like... I see, but the babos would die if you left them alone. Yeah, exactly. But they... So she reiterates that in Exodus 23.10, it says, Six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce, but in the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow. So the poor of your people may eat, etc., etc. But basically like giving a little bit of a break to the land and to the animals that like are around the land and stuff. I like the idea of not just taking like every single thing you can yeah, get. Yeah, I like it too. That's that's nice. A message of sustainability. That's cool. Definitely. So, okay. And then one other thing. What does this say? Under the law, the Israelites were not to take the eggs and the young from a nest and at the same time killed the mother. Thereby, the whole family could not be wiped out at once. Presumably, if the mother was left alive, she could have more offspring. So, pretty succinct, pretty simple there. Essentially, just, like, don't kill off the whole line. Allow, like, either one or the other to go, because, okay, if all the babies were able to live, then presumably they would be able to continue on. But if the mother were allowed to live, then she could have another flock per se. Okay, that makes sense. Did you look up what birds make their nests on the ground? I no, I thought that, that you did. Okay, yeah, yeah I looked that up. T- I wasn't us, sure if you us. covered it. No. Yeah, okay, basically, the the main one I, I saw was, I'm just like, oh yeah, like you mentioned chickens. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, like most... And quail? Like waterfowl, for one. So okay. like ducks right. and ducks. swans oh, yes. and yeah. things like that. Right. They, they do their nests on the ground. Yeah. Um, a lot of game birds, which are like grouse, turkey, pheasants, possibly quail. They didn't mention them specifically in this okay. article, but they'll make like a depression in the ground lined with grass. Okay. And they'll they'll lay their eggs in there. Yeah. Um, shorebirds will often do it too. So it seems like one's kind of near water, which okay. I guess makes sense. You'd want to be somewhere near yes. the river or something when you're in the desert. Yeah. Um, and then, but which uh, is the one that's most likely to really annoyingly be in your way <laughs> when you're trying to get somewhere? See, I and mean, there's this freaking duck. See, I was gonna say the swans. It's like, stop looking at me, swan. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be that. And then this last one is uh, of songbirds. Those are the ones that generally don't nest on the ground. So the ones that we hear tweety tweeting in the trees, those mostly are in the trees. <laughs> You know, uh, but there's see. only a couple, like the meadow lark and the bobo link, that nest on the ground. There's so, a bird the called bobo the link. bobo link. Yeah, right. <laughs> the bobo link to the past. Cool. Yeah, a bobo link to the past is cool. the full name. I just shortened it to bobo link. And they nest on the ground. They're very cute. They have a little yellow head. Oh, uh, yeah. A little yellow cap on their head. Okay. Wow. Birds nesting on the grounds, but just make sure that if you're going to steal their babies, let them go free. Yeah. To go make more yeah. babies. 
And probably peck at you while you're doing it. Then yeah, probably be really mad at you in the process. Wow. Okay. Birds on the ground. Yeah. Uh, For something completely different, I looked up tokens of virginity. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get a token. You get a token. Oh thanks. (laughs) Everyone cashing your tokens. Not for like a good ten years or so. Okay, so yes, as we discovered while reading this, it's very easy to go down this spiral of, you know, talking about how basically how oppressive and horrible just like virginity traditions in general have been to women the world over. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely an an oppressive arm of the patriarchy being enacted on people. Um, So we get that. We understand that. I did find just some interesting trivia, though. One of them being that, um, so this whole thing of like the parents having the quote unquote, the garment or the cloth or whatever it is that people actually suspect that at this time, what may have happened is before the wedding, the woman Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be getting married, she would be inspected by some like female elders who they would break her hymen at the inspection, collect the blood from that to have as proof and then interesting yes Wait, and then but, that cloth would be handed over to the parents to have now that's not necessarily confirmed that's some theories other theories are the more traditional yeah just you collect the sheet from the wedding night and then that gets handed over to the parents um right. but i did think that was interesting because i do feel a, a couple and a, a couple of reasons why i th- i kind of like that better is cuz i do feel like that gives the other women in your community more of a chance to look out for you right really it becomes a little bit easier to fake um i think so like you're not having to do something weird and shifty on your wedding night to try to like fake mm, blood right, right. happening yeah, okay. like if this is something that happens kind of in private with you like you and your two aunties <laughs> um, yeah. it's probably a little bit easier to figure that out um However, across many, many, many different cultures the world over, unfortunately, still to this day in some places, but it is becoming more and more rare. There is still this tradition of you collect the sheets specifically from the first night, sometimes right away, sometimes like literally the instant that the quote unquote deflowering happens, it's instantly like handed over to the parents who then uh, show it to everybody and like, have a big old feast great. and show wow. it off, which is it's like just... they show it's like a Rorschach yeah. test. They put it up. And they're oh, like, no. What do you see in this? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! Cool. Something boy. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, of course, for basically as long as there have been virginity tests, there has been quote unquote virginity fraud as well, because as oh, we all know, the that. hymen doesn't necessarily break no. or produce blood or whatever. Right. Um, I did see some people trying to make the argument that like, well, back then, you know, girls wouldn't be riding horseback or doing sports or whatever. And I'm like, sure, but they're probably still doing a lot of physical activity, probably still running around and like all kinds of stuff. Exactly. It's not exact hymen science. Um, (laughs) Combined with the fact that hymens come in all kinds of different variations and react in very different ways to, you know, penetrative sex. So, I'm assuming that there was probably quite a lot of a need to fake there being blood. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's interesting. So I, I also tried looking up some stuff about that. And one of the articles I found took an interesting angle to it. And the thing that it pointed out is that like 
the wording of it is specifically about a guy trying to do this falsely and uh, like what the uh, defense yes, against it yes. is, which is interesting that maybe it was kind of in response to like, this is a problem. Yeah. So like, mm. here's the penalty for it. Like maybe um, a problem of dudes taking wives just to bang and then to like, then they don't want to have to actually support them afterwards. And so they make some kind of or, not so claim about them not being virgins or even that they want their money back for whatever uh, they spent to, to get this bride. Yeah, exactly. That, that it's their way of like getting out of it. it is. Um, and so like the fact that that's the situation we're presented with is like the guy who claims this falsely is sort of the first scenario we're given. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Although <laughs> I did like this. So, on gotquestions.org, which mm-hmm. is one of these like questions about the Bible type sites, mm-hmm. the question headline is, how accurate was the virginity test mentioned in Deuteronomy 22? And? And it's a whole bunch of paragraphs. And I was like, you could have just saved yourself a lot of time and said, not very. And that's your <laughs> whole page. <laughs> but, not really much. Yeah. <laughs> but no, instead, they, they didn't end up really answering the question by just giving a lot of, well, you can see in this verse and this verse and... Anyway, I found myself annoyed with uh, annoyed with this site over that. Well, what did you look up? So, <laughs> unless you were not done, Dedeker. Oh yeah, do you have no, more? I about think that? Yeah. I think that's about it. It is an interesting practice that there are still some cultures who still mm-hmm. do this, yeah. and of course that then of course it leads to more modern day practices of quote unquote virginity fraud, as in people going to have literally constructive surgery to have their hymens repaired. So, so, cause that's the thing now is that I think in some cultures it's become less about specifically blood and more about the guy needs to feel like I'm a virgin or like get that a first impression. And yeah. So, so of course then that's like, well, that's messed up. You know, why are we doing that? Um, yeah, that's really so weird. yeah, still a problem. Crush the patriarchy. Feminism is important. <laughs> yeah. definitely. All those things. Yep. Boy. Yeah. I just all this obsession over having sex with virgins. I'm like, I can tell you from experience, it's not as good as having sex with people who know what they're doing. So <laughs> absolutely, let's just I will let say, go okay, this idea. This is really weird for me to be coming to the defense for, but let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a twist, a twist, a lot twist. Um, oh gosh, okay, this is a little bit circuitous, but I was thinking about this recently because for reasons that are too long and confusing to disclose here. I was looking, I was reading about Victorian era prostitution recently. Uh-huh. Um, like and you about, do. Okay. Yeah. Like you do, you know, and about, you know, the going rate for a prostitute who is not a virgin is lower mm. than for a prostitute who is a virgin. The reason for it being more specifically of fear of venereal disease and okay, fear of yeah. STI is right. that we don't quite know how germ theory works out. We don't quite know how venereal disease gets either prevented or spread or whatever, but we do know that virgins tend to not have STIs. Hmm. And so I'm going to pay a little bit extra to have sex with a virgin, even if maybe the experience isn't good, but I know that, or I think at least that I'm not going to get right. Interesting. an STI from her. Uh, honestly, like I, I hear you. And I, while it makes some logical sense, there's a part of me that wants to say bullshit on that. And mm-hmm. just kind of be like that that's some sort of like apologist's explanation after the fact. Oh, oh, 100%. You yeah. know, it all ultimately it comes down to like controlling women's sexuality and stuff like that. Yeah. But, huh. Yeah. That's interesting though. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just, you know, to, to our listeners out there, you know, use protection, practice safe sex, 
Uh, and if you're a virgin, that is okay. It's totally you're not a fine. terrible person. You're not yeah. a terrible person. You're not a terrible person. And hopefully your first sex is good. That's going to get better after that. So <laughs> let's not worry so much about it. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so the thing that I looked up, I was trying to figure out about the shekel. Because in this example, right, the guy has to pay... 50 or 100. It was 100 shekels, right? Yeah. That he has to pay to the, the family. Um, and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, how much, how much is that? Like, is this actually steep or is it not? Because in some of the articles I read, it was kind of complaining about the fact that, like, he can accuse her of this. And if the ruling comes down on his side, she gets killed. And if it comes down on her side, he has to pay a little bit of money. Um, and then Which others, right, it's uh, bullshit, yeah. But then others being like, no, this was a big sum of money. And I was like, wait, yeah, how is much it? money was this? But I don't it? know. Yeah, let's, And so, so here's the short answer is I can't get a straight answer. Um, cool. Because basically the shekel is a unit of weight at the time. So it's not a coin, right? Like this is not a minted coin at or, the time. A single shek. Right. Like later on, coins would be minted that might have a weight printed on them, whether it was a shekel or a half shekel or some denomination, okay. or using some other measurement of weight. But the shekel is a measurement of weight. So it's more like they're just giving silver that adds up to the weight that equals the shekels. Now, not only that, but also in the Bible, there are various types of shekels that are mentioned. And we've heard so far about like, they'll say something like, you know, you have to gather this many shekels by the weight of the sanctuary. And then there's also at other points mentioned the shekel by the weight of like the common merchant. Mm -hmm. And then later in the Bible, there's like the, um, whatever it is, like the, the shekel by weight of the king. Okay. So there's like a standardized shekel later on. So yes. there's also, it's this hard thing to like really know what the weight is. And, and people have looked at, at various things of like, well, okay, but if a shekel weighs this much and we've been told the equivalent of that is like this much grain, we can surmise the weight's this much. And anyway, basically kind of what I ended up with after going down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out is that like a shekel by today's value, which is a bit of a stretch because we don't know how much money these people had. Yeah. You know, we don't know what their average annual income per capita was. Yeah. So like even even if we knew how much this was today, we don't know how much that means to them. Right. But basically I kind of ended up with anywhere between nine ish dollars per shekel, in which case this would be like nine hundred dollars as a fine. All right. Anyway, but up to this, get... anyway up up to this potentially being like five thousand dollars as a fine. I'm still like whatever, whatever yeah, for totally. the price of a life. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Just that that I guess I always assumed people just knew how much a shekel was and could calculate that. But but going down this rabbit hole, I was like, no, actually, this is way more complicated. It's very than relative, it seems. Yeah, yeah, and, and just that whole thing of like. You know, we'll we'll get to stories of this later, but if like a half shekel to one person may be a ton of money and to another person isn't very much. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, depending on our relative culture we're coming from today, looking at the translations of those amounts of money, right? Paying a thousand dollars is very different for one of us compared to someone who might make half that much or might make twice that much, right? Like the 
the relative impact of a thousand dollars. So anyway, it's kind of interesting wow. stuff to to keep an eye out. Yeah. So I think we let's try to keep track though. Okay. Of like, okay, that's a hundred shekels. Okay. Let's try to remember that. So then when we get to other fines or like things people pay, we can kind of look back and compare it to things. I think that might be a helpful way of seeing like how expensive is this thing versus this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We covered a lot of ground today in our bonus content, just like we did in reading the Bible today. We are excited (laughs) to talk about all these things with you. Make sure to join our Facebook fan group, Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship to talk about some of these things. And we will see you next time.